The Apostle Peter tells us that it is the new heaven and the new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. This present heaven and earth will not be righteous. You can try all you want to to make it better. But the real truth of the situation is told by Peter in 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 10 through 14. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. One day I was reading this, and I just all of a sudden realized I can't make it better. I can't make this earth better, this world better. The messages, of course, that I have are for the church. We who are the elect of God, called by God to be the church, we yearn for righteousness. We see things on television news that the world does, and we're horrified, and we're sad. But what we have to really understand is that man, before he is born again, does many evil, wicked things. Genesis chapter 6, God told this to Noah just before he destroyed the world with water. He told Noah the following. This is in Genesis chapter 6. It starts at verse 6. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And as we know, God told Noah to build the ark by which he saved his family. But the Lord brought the water. The waters came. It rained, what, 40 days, 40 nights, until the entire earth and all the mountains were covered with water. Only Noah in the ark was saved. Now, you think man has changed since that time? You think the nature of man has gotten better? The Apostle Paul said in 
2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 13. Evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, In the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of their own selves. And he went on to tell many other terrible things that humans will be in the last days. They're not going to be better. They're going to be worse. You think the church is going to be better in the last days? Antichrist comes into the church because the church fell away from Scripture. Paul tells us that in Second Thessalonians chapter 2. If you look at the NASB version, you will see that Jesus cannot come until first there's an apostasy. Apostasy comes into the church. It's when the church falls away from portions of Scripture that Antichrist can come into the church. So you think it's going to be better in the last days? Maybe you should read Amos chapter 5. For in the last days comes the great tribulation, which are the 14 plagues that God sends upon this earth for men to go through. 14 plagues coming in the great tribulation. Amos chapter 5 tells us what it is going to be like in the great tribulation. It starts at verse 18. Woe unto you that desire the day of the Lord. To what end is it for you? The day of the Lord is darkness and not light. As if a man did flee from a lion, and a bear met him, or went into the house, and leaned his hand on the wall, and a serpent bit him. Shall not the day of the Lord be darkness and not light, even very dark, and no brightness in it? During the coronavirus of 2020, one thing after another happened, and people became very tired of coronavirus. During December, I heard a report on television news from a Christmas tree salesman in Colorado Springs. And he said he had never had as good a sales as in December 2020. He said he thought it was because people were looking for some form of joy, just any form of joy. And they were buying Christmas trees to try to brighten up their lives. The Great Tribulation is going to be much worse than that which we have seen in the coronavirus. It's going to be one thing after another, one woe after another. And Amos the prophet says, It's as if a man did flee from a bear and thinks he's safe, and he ran into a lion. Or Amos says it the, back, the other way, a man did flee from a lion and ran into a bear. It's the same principle. 
one problem after another. Or he went into his house thinking he was safe, and he leaned his hand on the wall and the serpent bit him. If you want to see the 14 plagues of the Great Tribulation, look at Revelation chapter 8, chapter 9, and chapter 16. These come upon the people who are of the world and the church people who cast aside portions of Scripture. You think once saved, always saved? You have not read the scripture in Revelation chapter 3, verse 5. Let's read that. Jesus says, He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. If we overcome, our name will be left in the book of life, but if we fail to overcome, Jesus will blot our name out of the book of life. How do we overcome? We overcome by doing Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, the Word. That's how we overcome. Everything that comes to us during this life, we turn to God and say, Please, God, help me. Show me what to do. Give me wisdom. James 1.5, if any of you lack wisdom, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all liberally, and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. So, as we go through this life, one problem after another comes up. We ask God for wisdom by the Holy Spirit. He brings to our mind what to do, or he calls to our mind a scripture. And when he calls to our mind a scripture, we keep that scripture before us day and night for a season to enable us to be strong enough to do the instruction given in that scripture. Therefore, we overcome through God. And if we overcome through God, not through our own wisdom, not through the wisdom of other men, but through turning to God and overcoming by a prayer of faith, putting our trust in God. And we overcome that way. And if we overcome that way, our name will not be blotted out of the book of life. And Jesus says, he will confess us before his angels in heaven. If we overcome. Well, I don't know many people in churches who overcome. They go around telling their problems to other people, as if the other people can really do much. Once in a while, you might meet a godly person who can pray. But mostly, it's just casting your burden on humans when you do that. You need to take your cares to God, 
to God, not to your pastor, not to your church, not to the people in your community, your neighbors, even your mate. Take your problem to God in prayer. Let your requests be made known unto God. You're trusting in other people rather than God when you fail to get a resolution and hear from God on the problem. You're trying to overcome through humans. That won't work. Now to the subject again about righteousness being in the new heaven and the new earth. That's what Peter said. We long for the new heaven and the new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. And God said to me, no matter what you do, you won't make this world righteous. That freed me from a real burden. As I record this, they're getting ready to have the trial concerning Donald Trump. At first, briefly, I thought it might be interesting to see that. But what you're going to see, as you view that, you're not going to see overall justice. They explained tonight on the television about that trial that's coming up. And they said that what's going to happen is the senators, by and large, are going to consider what their constituents want. And if they're Republicans, if they vote against Donald Trump, if they find him guilty, they may lose some of their constituents who elected them. They will be trying to save the Republican Party by their decision on what to do. None of that has anything to do with the actual trial. The trial is, did Donald Trump incite the people who rioted against the Capitol? Did he incite them? Well, we all saw it on television. We heard it on television. Now, I am not a political person. I don't vote for either party. I do pray for the president and the person who is in charge, as Paul said to do. In First Timothy, I believe, chapter 2, pray for those in authority that we might live a peaceful life. But see, they're not judging it on Trump. They're judging it on what their constituents in the Republican Party are likely to do. It can't be just. When anyone compromises in order to gain the favor of other people, he's not going to be able to judge justly. Politics is a total compromise. You would not be elected if you didn't compromise. You can't put your faith in governments of men. So often I hear People right now are very upset on the news over not getting the vaccines for the coronavirus, and they're upset with the government. Their hope is in the government. If your hope is in a government of men, you're already defeated. 
We are as Abraham was on this earth, strangers and pilgrims. That's in Hebrews uh, 11. We're not a part of this earth when we're the child of God. We are on this earth. We live in peace while we're here through God. But our hope is not in governments of men. And even if something like Social Security went in the United States, God would find a way to provide for us. One time God said to me, I could fill your backyard with manna. Basically, don't be concerned about what these humans can do to you. So if your hope is in humans, you are already lost. You better be sure that your hope is in God, that your hope and your understanding is in the will of God. Not my will, but thy will be done. Trusting God to the point that whether you live or die is immaterial because he will take care of you either way. I had a very bad accident in December 2018, and I didn't know if I would live or die. I didn't even ask God to make me live. I knew God would do his will, and it would be the best thing for me. Is that what your faith in God is? You may be a baby Christian right now, and maybe you can't think that way. I know I couldn't think that way when I was first born again. But when you have experience with God and you see the word of God overcome, you begin to put your faith in God. There's such an important thing here, and that is God knows the future. No one else knows the future but God unless he reveals it to us by his spirit. But it is God who knows the future. The Lord is my shepherd, meaning the word is my shepherd. Before Jesus was Jesus, he was the word. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. Quoting from John chapter 1. For a brief period, the word took on the form of flesh and became Jesus and came to earth in the form of a human to die for us, that we might be saved. At first, as a new Christian, we are like a little baby. We just kind of stumble about. But as we grow in God and overcome through God and have the Holy Spirit revealed to us and understand that the Holy Spirit lives in us and reminds us of everything Jesus has said, and guides us into all truth, teaches us all things, shows us things to come. As we learn that about the Holy Spirit, and we have experience in hearing from the Holy Spirit who searches the heart of God to reveal to us the will of God so that we can go in the way of God in the problems of this life, when we have that experience with God, we develop a trust in God. And we come to know that his will for us is the better way to go. And we don't even want to plan out our life anymore. We don't want to be as God and figure out what to do and stumble about in our own wisdom. 
I wouldn't trade what I have now for anything. I don't want to work out my own way on this earth and to figure things out. I want to turn to God and ask Him for His help and do what the Holy Spirit shows me that God wants me to do. Well, that's just not the case with most people. And if you're looking for fairness, if you're looking for justice, this is not the place to look. It's the new heaven and the new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Peter tells us that in Second Peter chapter 3. And he says, as we wait for the return of Jesus, in verse 14, he said, let us labor, let us look diligently to be found in peace by Jesus when he returns. No man knows when Jesus will return. Only God knows that. Even Jesus doesn't know that. Only God knows when this is going to happen. But when he returns, are you going to be found in peace without spot and blameless? Is there anything you're concerned about right now? See, you're not in peace if you are. And the only way we can be in peace is to go to God in prayer and take every one of our problems to God, our concerns, our troubles, the things that trouble us to God in prayer, and let our requests be made known unto him. That's the only way we can live in peace. Right now, at this moment, I can tell you I'm concerned about nothing. Ten minutes from now, a problem might pop up in my life. And I have to be diligent to take that problem to God in prayer and let my requests be made known unto God. But I know this, God will do the right thing, the just thing and the fair thing. You're not going to see it on this earth. When Jesus comes for the church, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, the dead in Christ will rise first to meet Jesus in the air. Then it says those who are still alive on the earth will be changed into new heavenly bodies and they will rise to meet Jesus in the air. We will all be taken to the new heaven and the new earth in our new spiritual bodies. The new spiritual bodies are described for us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, start at verse 48. Now this is for those who are still living on earth when Jesus returns. The dead in Christ will be given new bodies too. They're not going to have the old bodies that they had on this earth because there will be no pain in heaven. These old bodies, these bodies we're in right now are subject to pain. They're subject to sorrow. There will be no sorrow in heaven, in the new heaven and the new earth. Paul tells us that those who are still living are going to be changed into new bodies. They're not going to have these fleshly bodies like we have. Verse 48, as is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. In other words, you have characteristics, physical characteristics, 
similar to your parents, the earthy. You have physical characteristics, perhaps according to a grandfather, a grandmother, and you look a little bit like such and such, a, a relative. See, earthy, you are born with an earthy body that's in the image of your parents and your relatives. So as is it earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is heavenly, as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. God is a spirit. Jesus is a spirit. The Holy Spirit is a spirit. Now, after I was born again in 1975, I was transported into heaven in the night. And I was with God. I was with Jesus. I was with the Holy Spirit. But I saw no physical body. That's because they're not a physical body. They're a spiritual body. And at that time, I was merged into the body of Jesus, made one with the Word of God, with God and the Holy Spirit witnessing. This happened to me twice when I was a new Christian. I think it was setting me aside, ordaining me for the work of apostle prophet to which I'm called today. Now, you may say you can't be an apostle. You may even say there aren't any apostle prophets. Well, that's just false doctrine that you're carrying around because Ephesians chapter 4, after Jesus arose... He set up the New Testament church from heaven. He didn't set up the New Testament church while he was walking on this earth as a flesh and blood man. He showed godliness, of course. He chose apostles. But the New Testament church was set up from heaven. And Paul was not the last apostle. If you want to look at the 12 apostles that walked with Jesus on this earth, Acts chapter 1 tells the name of the apostle who replaced Judas, and it was Matthias. Paul wasn't the apostle that replaced Judas because at the time they were choosing the apostle who replaced Judas. The apostle Paul was killing Christians. He hadn't been born again yet. Jesus hadn't revealed himself to him. But Jesus revealed himself to Paul from heaven. It's on the road to Damascus, Acts chapter 9 and Acts chapter 26. Especially look at Acts chapter 26 because that tells of Jesus speaking to him from heaven and telling him he had called him and set him aside to be a minister. From heaven... Jesus set up the New Testament church and called his ministers from heaven. And he still does that today. If you are a minister of God, you have a call of God on your life. It has been revealed to you by Jesus from heaven. Now, there are many ministers that are not of Jesus. They have put themselves into the ministry by having a desire to be a minister and by going to Bible college or seminary, but without having the call of God on their life. One man who wanted very much to be a minister was Vincent Van Gogh. 
He went to theological school to be a minister, but he was so bad they wouldn't even let him be a minister except in the poorest region of the country. And then he was totally unsuitable. And then he became a famous painter. There are many people who want to be ministers. I had a woman come to me once at Word of Faith Church, which I was attending at that time. And she came to me and said, I want to do what you do. I said, you do? It wasn't my idea to be a minister. I didn't even know a woman could be a minister until God explained it to me. You see, you have to be called by God. And you're called by God from heaven, just like Paul was. You might not have the bright light circling your body like he did, but the voice from heaven is the same voice. It's Jesus revealing to you that you are called to be a minister. Now, what are the ministries? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 and 12. Jesus gave gifts to the church. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers. And it was some apostles, meaning more than one. Some prophets, more than one. This is the New Testament church. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. That's the church set up by Jesus from heaven. Now man set up his own kind of church where he had popes and cardinals, archbishops. He had um, vicars. In England, the Church of England has what they call vicar. None of that's in the Bible. The church, the New Testament church given by Jesus. Some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. That's the church from heaven that's set up by Jesus right now. So as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. We're not going to have physical bodies in the new heaven and new earth. We're going to have spiritual bodies like God, like Jesus. It's a great mystery, but it is not a physical body. We won't have these bodies. We'll be spirits. I told you that when I was taken into heaven, I knew I was with God. I knew I was with Jesus. I knew I was with the Holy Spirit, though I saw no physical images of bodies. But I knew, and it'll be like that. Verse 49 of 1 Corinthians 15, And as, have, as we have borne the image of the earthy, our parents, our relatives, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly, of God, of Jesus, of the Holy Spirit. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Verse 51. Paul says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep 
die, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and the mortal must put on immortality. We will not have these physical bodies in heaven because they're subject to pain, they're subject to decay. We won't have these physical bodies. We will have the image of Jesus, which is a spirit, the image of God, which is a spirit, the image of the Holy Spirit, which is a spirit. Paul said we'll all be changed. Those who are alive on this earth at the time Jesus comes will be changed out of this physical body. We will be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Blink. Blink your eyes. Just blink. It'll be that fast. You will have no time to say goodbye to anyone. You will have no time to make any preparation. You'll be gone. You will be out of this physical body and into your new spiritual body. And you will be taken to the new heaven and the new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. And that is described for us in Revelation 21. We will look at that scripture. Revelation 21, start at verse 1. This is John speaking, the Apostle John. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death. Physical bodies such as we have right now are subject to death, and there'll be no more death in the new Jerusalem. We will be in the image of God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. There will be no physical marriages like we know today. For we will be as the angels of Jesus in heaven. 
Thank you for allowing me to speak this with you today.